This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we are talking about the draft. Um, there are three Buffaloes who I think have a decent chance of getting drafted. It's always, especially in this draft, honestly, but it's, it's always tough to gauge where guys are going to fall, unless it is like the LaVisca Chenault where it's like, ah, he's a borderline first rounder, probably fits in somewhere in the second, and boom, there he is. But even I mean, Davion Taylor a couple years going in the third round, that shocked everybody. Um, I guess when you run a 4-3-9 as a linebacker at a pro day, though, things things change in the NFL want you. Um, I just wrapped up, like right now, I just wrapped up writing about Nate Landman. Um, and, and there's uh, a story up, obviously, on the website. It's uh, there's, there's probably a dozen clips or so from the Texas A&M game just showing what he does well, what he doesn't do well. Um, we're going to talk through that stuff today. We'll do the, the same thing with Carson and with Kari Kutch as well. Um, hopefully a little bit shorter show, if I'm being honest. It's, uh, it's 6.45 right now, and the Nuggets game starts at 8. And I've got to get down to the DMVR bar. So let's see. I haven't done this math yet, so we'll do it all together live because I'm sure you care. Um, national broadcast, that means it starts at like 8, 10 at the earliest. I can hop on a scooter here and scooter there in 12 minutes. Yeah, 12, like 12 is doable, especially because that will be a little bit lighter at 8 than it is right now. But um, So, yeah, I could take a shower. Not going to make the gym today. It is what it is, I guess, but... Here we are. Um, yeah, so let's just knock this stuff out. I don't think there's anything for notes today. I saw that the Buffs offered a couple of defensive linemen. Oh, speaking of which, uh, Gerald Chapman followed me back. I guess I'm big time now. 
Um, but yeah, outside of a couple of offers to some defensive linemen, not much going on in the Buffs world. Yep, and I'm confident in that. Oh, that that's not true. Actually, uh, the uh, the the women's basketball team added uh to uh uh Aronette Vonley. Aronette Vonley, that's her name. Um, comes over from Arizona, the University of Arizona. Uh, played in 17 games, put up four points a game. Uh, shot 61% from the field. Uh, she was uh. She was the number nine post player in the country when she was in the 2021 recruiting class. This was her freshman year. Um, put up close to 30 a game, 28.6 per game. She was a Gatorade Girls Basketball Player of the Year in Oregon. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if you're the number nine post player, that means you've got to be top 50 overall, right? Unless guards are just insanely good in high school women's basketball. I'm not sure. Um, but was a very good prospect. An exciting addition for Colorado. And also, her brother, yeah, her brother is Noah Vonley, who went to Indiana, number nine overall pick, um, and uh, I thought was still in the league. I thought was still in the league. I'm not really sure, but um, yeah. So, Aronette Vonley. So there's there was the tiny bit of news today. Okay, we can dig in. Let's just start with Nate because all this stuff is fresh in my brain, and um. I guess if we had to just start here, I would guess that he goes in the seventh round. Um, I think fifth and sixth round is a possibility. I think sixth is more likely than not getting drafted, but it's pretty close. Like he is, he is kind of on that borderline where he could get drafted. He could not. And a lot of it comes down to what happens behind the scenes. Honestly, I think, you know, he, he missed the last five games of last season with the shoulder injury. It sounded like he probably could have played through it if he needed to. It sounded sound like he really wanted to. Um, the, the year before that, obviously, the torn Achilles. And so you do have a couple of those little injuries. And you, you talk about it a lot with running backs. Like with running backs, it's always like how much treads on their tires, how many hits have they taken. Some of that stuff does translate to uh, to linebackers as well. Like that's there's a lot of contact going on, and you wonder just what sort of shape his body's in. And so we'll start with this part we know nothing about, which is how the medicals cleared when he was checked out by all the team doctors at the combine. That's really the X factor in all this. Like that could there could be half the league saying you know what we just we just can't have this it's too risky we don't think he has that much juice left in the tank or it could be everybody in the league says yep body's in perfect shape we're good to go um and again that could take him from totally untouchable to a uh, fifth round pick you know so there is that part in terms of his game like you guys saw it uh, the, the numbers speak for themselves. Fifth all-time at CU in tackles. Second in solo tackles. Sixth in tackles for loss. All-time third down stops leader. Um, All-American. Third Buffalo ever to put up 10, 10 or more tackles a game in three consecutive seasons. Two-time first-team All-Pac-12 players. Two-time second-team All-Pac-12. Like, there's there's not much more he could have done. Um, and, and his strength, of course, is playing the run game between the tackles. Um, if, if there's anything in the middle of the field and he's at middle linebacker, there's a good chance he's going to end that play. Uh, he, he reads things really well. He's very instinctual. Um, he, he oftentimes know what's going to happen before the play starts, um, which is, I mean, that's a type of stuff that, that a middle linebacker needs to do. And we'll, I guess we'll expand on that part a little bit later on. But in terms of 
playing the run game in between the tackles, I think he's the best in the draft. I think he is the best in the draft. Um, he obviously can hit. Like, we've seen him hit guys. We've seen him, like, make the, the stuffs on third and one where he gets them right at the sticks and knocks them backwards. And he's like, okay, yep, that's Nate doing Nate things. But in going back and watching more, one of the things that really stood out about Nate is, like, it's kind of like we, we talk about quarterbacks who can make off-platform throws. You know, Patrick Mahomes can be, like, on the run and off his back fit, foot. He'll just fling one out there, sidearm, and boom, look at that. Nate makes a lot of off-platform tackles where he's kind of engaged with a blocker. And there's one clip I included in the story where um, there's there's a guard on him. He goes up, he's on the last scrimmage, there's a guard on him. And he just almost like falls backwards and to his right side and just kind of like catches the running back as he goes to that hole and takes the running back down. Like he just launches himself kind of sideways. And there's there's a lot of that sort of stuff. And obviously there's a lot that goes into it. And honestly, it's similar stuff that happens like that goes into those off-platform throws where it's just this this balance that's there but more importantly like in with the throwing the ball it's that arm strength it's that throwing power the ability to get the ball down the field have some zip on it just pure arm strength um with with the tackles it's just that strength strength you know the ability to hold on and pull somebody down and nate's just pure strength is right up there and that that factors in with the pop and the pads as well but also he gets his arms on you he is so strong you're just not going to get him off and a lot of times he can kind of bend you back the way that he wants to bend you on top of that though there's also just this feel for the game and and in two ways like a feel for where the run is going like where is this running back going to be where where do I need to meet him but but also the feel for tackling like understanding like okay I need to intercept him right here. That means getting my body across here. That means latching on like this. And there's just this feel for tackling where he just always seems to have leverage, even when he is kind of off balance. Um, And I wonder if that's kind of the rugby background, right? You would think that that would probably factor into all of this. Um, Just the ability to find ways to get guys on the ground is what really stands out for Nate to me. On top of that, the hit power and the instincts and the smarts, like that's that's the thing, is that long-term, if he can carve out a role, it's easy to see him becoming kind of a key piece of a defense. Um, again, I want to save that conversation a little bit more for later. Um, the, 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 the other part of the running game, though, is those outside runs. And Nate is really, really solid on those outside runs. He's good defending outside runs. Um, he, compared to the rest of, of this draft class, though, I mean, the speed, the the lack of elite speed really does show up. You know, with the 40 time, he runs a 4.86 at the combine. He only ran it once. He didn't take his second run. Uh, he tweaked his hamstring just a little bit uh, during that run. And who knows what that number would be otherwise, but, you know, of four eight maybe high four seven that that would have been what we expected from him probably um where he comes in though is 22nd out of 23 linebackers who ran the 40 and i i think that in terms of just pure speed that's probably about right you know maybe he he is just cracking that top 20 in terms of speed and obviously play speed's different than 40 times speed but um, just that pure sideline to sideline, I need to get from here to way over there as fast as I can. 
that is not Nate's strength, and I don't think that's a surprise to anybody. Um, that shows up on these outside runs a little bit. Um, the, the, I included two clips in the in the story, but one of them is just a little swing pass. So the the play starts on Nate's right hash. So when Nate looks at the field, the right hash, just a little swing pass to the to his left, and the hashes are so wide in college football. That's a hundred yard run. Nate lines up on that hash mark where the ball is. It's a hundred yards to the sideline, and when you just ask him to make that run, him doing that faster than the running back, it's just not going to happen. Um, and, and the running back is able to get that corner, get upfield. It's a decent gain. And there was also like a hold on the play on Quinn. Somebody was holding Quinn Perry, who he, you know, it, it changes the angle a bit on the edge. He's able to turn the corner just a little bit quicker. Um, and maybe that factors in. And there's also the fact that can you can you really be saying, hey, you know what we need here? You know who needs to be stopping this play? This play is a play that Nate has to stop. Like that's just not really how that works but when you're talking about the very best of the best you know the guys who are going to get drafted those guys might be able to make that play they probably can make the play a lot of them um and and so that does kind of stand out just that straight up sideline to sideline speed it does it does factor in when you're talking about the running game still though overall top five run defender among inside linebackers in this class i think and uh I think he's he's going to be good when he gets to the NFL at, at this stuff. Um, it's it's just figuring out how to limit those deficiencies. The other thing is, like the other clip, and I wasn't going to bring this one up, but it was that third and three scramble in the fourth quarter from the the quarterback, and it's another one where Nate has to go across the field and uh, just kind of chase him down, and Nate actually gets him at the line of scrimmage, but doesn't quite pull him down. I mean, he gets him down but he's able to kind of dive out of it forward a little bit and pick up the first. And, you know, it's a tackle that Nate probably makes more often than not behind the sticks. Like, more often than not, he gets that stop. In this case, he didn't. And it's just a a lack of margin for error. You know, if he had been a step faster, it would have been a really easy tackle. You, you, You just make this nice form tackle you take him down and it's an easy stop instead Nate winds up around his legs a little bit and there was still a chance to bring him down but it, it kind of it would have been kind of like a gator roll type of thing and yeah point is there's just more margin for error that comes with with that speed that some of these other guys have um, now if Nate goes out there and plays smart and knows where the play is going before it's not like he's going to be fine um there is just a little bit lacking there. And then, obviously, in coverage, that's where the lack of speed r- really shows up. Um, you don't play a man-to-man very often. Um, you, you you just don't. Um, and, and the buffs schemed around it. They actually they, they turned him into a plus pass defender. I'll say that. They turned him into a plus pass defender. He, he can... He can play that middle-of-the-field role when they play that cover one with the idea being we funnel everything inside. And last year it was Mark Perry deep. It was Nate underneath. They stay in the middle of the field. The other five guys man up with a four-man rush, and they, they play with outside leverage, give up the middle of the field, and in doing that, push push the receivers into where they have help. And, and Nate was really good because it, it winds up that he almost plays like a soccer goalie in there. Um the, the, the range of space that he has to cover is probably close to the size of a soccer goal. 
I mean, it, I mean, I guess it is bigger than that. It's probably like two of them, but eventually you know which one that you have to guard or which space about that big. And he is so quick. He's so good at reading the uh, quarterback's eyes. You know, there's a couple clips that I pulled for that story that you should go look at, but like immediately, ball snapped. He sees that they're running slants. He just takes a beeline five steps to his left, and he winds up when the quarterback finishes his drop. The He's, he's standing at kind of this mesh point where, you know, three feet to his left, five feet to his left. He has a, he has a slant coming in from one side, um, about the same distance from his right. He has this slot slant coming in just a little bit shallower, and he's put himself in position where quarterback can throw to either one of those guys, and he can dive and get a hand on the ball. And that's exactly what he did. And, and there's that sort of stuff where those instincts really do come through in coverage as well. Um, you know, still, like, the they had to build that scheme around him a little bit. I mean, absolutely had to build it around him. But they put him in a role that he was good at, and the fact that there is something that he's good at means that you're in decent shape. The, the, I don't know. NFL GMs, they're going to want to draft guys who help you cover up for other problems, right? They don't want to draft people who... Yeah, sure, he's solid, but we will have to cover up for him. Like, that's just not the type of player you want. Um, you don't want guys who you have to cover up for. Nate does provide plenty of strengths, obviously, in in the running game. So, at some point, you're willing to to take that that chance. Um, it's it's just it's going to be interesting to see where exactly he falls. But once he gets into the league, I I am more than willing to bet on him. And the, and the path is pretty clear. You know, he starts out like uh, prob- probably not getting snaps right away would be your guess. Eventually, he winds up with an opportunity to play first and second downs as just a, as a tackler. You take him off on third downs. And, and what he needs to really do is, first of all, play good football, right? Like, he needs to be able to plug things up. He needs to be making some tackles in the backfield. He needs to not be missing tackles. He needs to be in the right place. Um, but I do think that he's just so smart that, once the these coaches kind of get their hands on him and realize how smart he is, they're going to be willing to give him more responsibilities because middle linebacker, that's one of those super mentally intensive positions. And like you want somebody who can run a 4-4-40 and is 250 pounds as well and, and can do all these different things. Like That is still your dream. But... Middle linebacker, more than probably any other position on the defense, you've got to be smart because you're the one who's probably going to have that green dot on your helmet, which means you get to talk to the sideline through the radio in your helmet, and and you're calling out the plays to the defense. You're making all the adjustments at the line, and and that's the stuff where, where Nate really, really thrives. So I think that, I think that once he gets that opportunity – He's going to be in good shape, um, and, and that's where his role could kind of expand to third downs. Where obviously you don't want to take the guy who who calls the plays and all that stuff off the field. You just don't want to do it. Um, so that's when a team is going to say, you know what, he's not perfect, but who knows? Maybe they'll run on third down. And if they run on third down, we've got Nate out there. We're going to be in good shape. If they don't run, well, we're going to we're we're going to have 
a defense that's set up well for Nate, whether that means he's playing the middle of the field um, or, or whether that means he's spying the quarterback or whether he's just blitzing, and blitzing still probably is your best bet. Um, I guess it's scheme-dependent, I guess. That that depend more on the people around him. But that's when, that's when a coach is going to be willing to say, you know what, this is just a, a full-on starter, three-down player, and... Uh, We'll see if it happens. We'll see if it happens. Um, again, in terms of where he's going to get drafted, you would guess, you'd guess seventh round, maybe sneaks into the sixth or fifth, um, maybe goes undrafted. It's possible, uh, but that is, uh, if I had to guess, I, I, I think the the best bet is seventh round. Um, and again, I, I, I'd, I'd love for the Broncos to pick him up. I'd love for uh, a. The only thing is they have so many linebackers right now that are like Nate or just like waiting for that opportunity. And I'm not sure it'd be what's best for him, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Real quick, before we get on to these other guys, uh, want to remind you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is the best place to make your bets. Um, it's the world's number one rated no, America's number one rated sportsbook. I, I mean, what other sportsbooks are there in the world? It's got to be number one. Um, right now, they have an awesome promotion. You get to pick a winner in any NBA game, put $5 on it, and you will immediately get $150 in free bets. You don't have to get your bet right. You just get that $150 no matter what. Um, it's an awesome promotion for new users. You should definitely get in on that. Also, get in on the same game parlays. I know I love those. Uh, you get so many different options. You want to go for some crazy odds. You want to get like two home run hitters in the same game, or uh, it's just so many options. It's a lot of fun. So definitely check those out as well. Use the code DNVR when you sign up. Uh, the, the DraftKings Sportsbook uh, must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Real quick, your DraftKings pick of the week. First linebacker taken, Devin Lloyd, minus 175. Lock it in. Also, uh, Athletic Greens. You know, I take Athletic Greens every day. Didn't make it to the gym today. I had I had a busy morning and then afternoon. I, I, very busy day in every way, really. Uh, but... I still got my athletic greens in me. I just didn't go to the gym afterward. And, uh, yeah, I mean, still feels good, I guess. I guess maybe that is the bright side, right? Where it's like, ah, oh, I didn't make it to the gym today. Feels feels not good. You know, this is the time of year we have to go. End of April. It's kind of, it's almost summertime. You're going to be upset with yourself. But when you at least drink the athletic greens, not the end of the world. Athletic Greens, it's this powder you put in your drink. You shake it around. You drink it. It has 75 vitamins in it. There's minerals in it. There's uh, superfoods in it and probiotics in it. There's all sorts of good stuff that help you with your energy and gut health and, and basically just everything. So uh, get your hands on that. And remember that if you use the code DMVR, or I guess you don't use the code, you go to athleticgreens.com slash buffs. That's B-U-F-F-S. You'll actually get... Um, a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Again, all you got to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash buffs. It'll take ownership over your health. Pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, um, moving along. Carson, 
I think it, it's tough to peg Carson in this draft. I do think he goes before Nate. I'll say that right now. Um, it seems like it's every day there's something different where it's like he's not even on the draft board. He's not in your top 350 or whatever. And then you'll also see like, yeah, sneaky, sneaky good value in the fourth round. He is very unpredictable. Um, I think that it's even hard just to get like a, a base starting point with him because even comparing him to Davion is just so tough. Like he's a much better football player than Davion at this point in his career. He also didn't run a 4-3-9, but he did run a 4-5-7, which is a really good number for, I mean, really any linebacker, but specifically one on the edge. I uh, I don't know where he plays in the NFL. I don't know whether it's outside or inside. I think that that's uh, a conversation that'll need to be had um, in, in a good way, though. I think that he has that sort of versatility that can kind of change... Uh, change how you look at a guy, right? Because, you know, you look at Nate and say, if he's good, it's because he's a middle linebacker. If he's a middle linebacker, that means he's going to have the green dot. If he has a green dot, it means you got to keep him on the field on third downs. Nate doesn't have the greatest skill set for third downs. So, what, what do you, you know, so you kind of run into this problem. With, with Carson, every door is open. You want to use him as an edge rusher? You could use him as an edge rusher. You want to use him as, as an inside linebacker? I think you could use him as an inside linebacker. I mean, that's that's a transition Davion Taylor made. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious where he winds up at the end of the day. Um, that 4-5-6, uh, you know, I said Nate was 22 of 23 at the Combine. Obviously, Carson didn't go to the Combine, but if he did, that would have been ninth out of, at that point, I guess, 24 uh, inside linebackers. And I guess, wait, they actually have a lot of these combined. So they don't have pass rushers, though. They call them... This website, they aren't calling, like, Drake Jackson a defensive end. Yeah, so I guess they're calling everybody else a defensive end. Obviously, at the defensive ends, he'd be even higher up the board. It looks like top, top quarter, top third, something like that. Um, just behind David Ojabo, right in front of Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, so, again, that that speed rating for him, that 40-yard dash time, that is a huge step for him. And I think that's what really opens up some doors. Because on top of that, you know, he's he's running that at six foot two and six eighths, three fourths for us real people who aren't scouts, and 241 pounds. He also has pretty long arms, and. Uh, I guess he he jumped all right. Nothing nothing too notable about the jumps. So he uh, just is a pure physical specimen. He's not a freak, obviously, but he does fit, right? Like he hits all your baselines, whereas Nate just doesn't quite hit your speed baseline. Um, in terms of what he does as a football player, he's he's kind of that mauler off the edge, right? He, he can set the edge. He can kind of get in those those fights out on the edge. But I think I was surprised in going back and watching how good he was in coverage. Now, the, the way he covered at CU, it was a lot of just dropping out to the flat, playing those underneath rolls. And if he winds up playing um, a, a more traditional linebacker position, you know, inside linebacker, even like as a pure mic, that'd be totally different. Then you're paying more attention to what's happening 10 yards downfield, 
uh, in the middle of the field. There's slot receivers coming at you. There's there's wide receivers coming at you. When you're dropping out to the flat, you have the sideline to help. You're you're not that far downfield. It's really easy to kind of get your bearings. But he did do really really well. So that transition from playing those zones there to zones in the middle of the field, we'll we'll see what it looks like. Um, we'll see what it looks like. Uh, I, I do think that the the block shedding is good. It's not like Nate. Nate gets off those blocks really easily. Um, but Carson, Carson will have a real chance. Carson will have a real chance. And he's another one that you can just bet on. Like, smart guy, works really hard. Um, Brian Howell, I guess, just talked to him. And he was like, yeah, he's just he's just down there flipping tires in Florida. It's like, I bet he is. Um, so I think, uh, I think he does go before Nate. I think he does get drafted. Um, I, again, I think there's some real upside there. I do think that there's a chance that you wind up seeing him go pretty early. Um, there's also a chance he winds up just being a camp invite, an undrafted free agent, you know. So wide range of possibilities there. Uh, Kari Kutch, he's, he's probably the third most likely to get drafted in my book. Um, last year, Will Sherman gets drafted. Year before that, you have Arlington Hambright getting drafted. I think that Will Sherman is a better prospect probably than Kari is. Arlington was a tackle at CU. His left tackle gets moved to guard in the NFL. He, I, I think that's comparable. You know, Arlington a little bit more length. I think that it's easier to get excited about that. You know, Kari, not undersized, but doesn't, doesn't get you going with his size, right? Um, came in at pro day, six four, two hundred ninety seven pounds, um, thirty two and three eighths inch arms. You, you don't necessarily want him out on the edge. There's no versatility there. Um, pretty pure interior lineman. See thirty one inch vertical, five one nine forty, four six three. So so none of the none of the stats really stand out. Um, but I know that CU graded him out really highly or. Yeah, very, very well for his performance this season. Um, you know, the tape kind of backs that up. It's just so hard to... I mean, a lot of the time you're thinking like, yeah, congrats, you blocked this guy for two seconds when everybody else got burned immediately so the play was dead and we didn't get to see if you could have kept blocking, you know? So there's that kind of stuff. But I, I think that he ha he probably does have uh, a 10% chance, 10% chance of getting drafted, 15% would be my read on the situation. Um, it's, again, it's just hard to tell. Uh, but the fact that Arlington went, it does give me some hope for Kari. It does make me think that Kari has a real shot of going. Um, and you know that the coaches are talking him up, given that he was kind of the one one consistent performer that you had there. Uh, so, yeah. Um, rounding things up, I mean, Mustafa... I bet I bet Mustafa does get some some sort of like tryout camp invite something like that. Um, I don't think he improved his stock all that much over last year. The the big difference obviously is that he's he's one year older, uh, which is typically not a good thing. Um, I know. I mean, last year at the pro day, twenty eight bench reps. This year he wasn't planning on doing it. Got kind of pressured by that scout from the Steelers into doing it. Um, winds up doing it with no prep, 29 reps. So there is stuff like that that, that you look at and say, like, he should be in better position. But he's somebody who probably should have gotten a shot last year um, and didn't. Um, will he get a shot this year? P 
probably won't get drafted, but but I do think he probably does get a tryout or something like that. Um, and really, that rounds it out. You know, Matt Lynch. There were some of his numbers that, uh, like like the shuttle times, even that four seven one forty. There were some good numbers in there, but you know, six four two forty um, didn't produce all that much. Could he get a camp invite? Absolutely. Um, but but draft wise, I mean, you, there's just no production to to work off of there. It's just all um, the numbers. And there were some other numbers that weren't so good. You know, you you want you want more than eleven bench reps from him. That's for sure. Um, so so we'll we'll see how that all plays out as well. I guess. Um, but but those are the the five who came for the pro day. We also had Akil Jones who transferred out last year but came back for the pro day. Um, again, I mean, maybe winds up with a camp invite, but a little bit undersized, doesn't have the speed, and that's you know when when you wind up being undersized, you don't uh, you get drafted because of the speed, right? That's what makes it acceptable. So to not have that, you know, he ran the four eight six forty, same as Nate. I, he, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I think that does it. Yeah, I think that does it. Uh, a little bit shorter podcast today. I'm actually not sure what we're going to talk about tomorrow. I hadn't prepped for that yet, but we'll we'll figure something out. I'm sure, and uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll talk then. <laughs>